Hi, my name is Ella, and welcome to my podcast, Budget Babe, where we talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. So let's go ahead and set the precedent for this podcast, and I'm going to tell you the purpose of why I wanted to do this. So for about two years, I've been listening to a lot of self-motivation books by Jensen Chero, Gabby Bernstein. Uh, I've listened to my first podcast um, a little over a year ago. And that podcast was Annie Downs, That Sounds Fun. I've also listened to a couple of podcasts, Amy Schumer. I listened to Dave Ramsey. I listened to Rachel Hollis. And the more I listened to the podcast, the more I wanted to be a part of this world. Basically because I come up with my own self-motivation quotes. I tell myself things every day. And I feel like the message behind self-love and money management, which I marry them together in the podcast, is something that I really want to share with the world. So one thing that's not talked about enough is self-love. You're hearing it a little more lately than usual, but it's something that I've had to teach myself about. It's Something I did learn growing up is having high self-esteem, and luckily I did have a lot of people around me and my family that encouraged me, that were kind to me, and taught me to love myself, but you definitely see a lack of it in the society that we live in today. So as Jen Sanchero once said, self-love is the holy grail of life, and I couldn't agree with anything more. And the reason that is, is because self-love gives you the confidence. It empowers you to give your message and to live your best life and to share the best version of you with the world that you live in. So you're probably thinking, what does self-love have to do with money? To me, it has everything to do with money. Managing your money is a form of self-love. It's also a form of taking care of yourself. Self-love is going to be the best basis for when you are managing your money. You're going to prioritize your money better when you love yourself. You're going to also share it. You're going to tithe more. You're going to be more generous with it. And you're going to want more of it. All right, so let's cut to the chase. I'm going to tackle the taboo, taboo subject of money. And then let's talk about the stigma of the B word. B word meaning budget. So just think for a second. When you hear the word budget, what resonates with you? How does it make you feel? If you're crunching, you're definitely not the only person to do so because it's very common for people just to eliminate that word from their vocabulary. I've heard of money bloggers who even say they don't like the word budget because they think budget means restrictive. They think it means limitations. They think it means something that's cheap. But you know what? It's nothing... It's, it's the total opposite of what a budget is. A budget actually gives you freedom. You know why? Because a budget is just simply a way of planning with your money. I don't care if you have $500 or $5 million to your name. You have to make a plan with that or that money is going to have its own plan. The reality is if you can't manage $500, what makes you think you're going to be able to manage $5 million? And millionaires are just as likely to go bankrupt as someone who earns a median income. Did you know that? You'll see it a lot with NFL football players. You'll see it with um, lottery winners, people that recently acquire money that they've never had. And when they acquire that money that they've never had, they don't know how to manage it. But we're going to change that. So 
one thing that you need to do as a form of self-love is learn to manage your money. And I'm also going to tell you that your mindset is going to affect your spending way more than your earnings will. So don't think that you're going to be bad with money just because you don't make as much. You learn how to budget when you're making less. So when you're living more, you're going to have more freedom with your income. So one of my best practices is at the beginning of every month, I write out what my earnings are after taxes, after taxes, after everything, insurance and all the others come out of my paycheck. I put in what my net income is and then I subtract all my major expenses. That's going to include my car, my rents being the highest, insurance, that's going to include subscription services, which I found out I don't use as much, so I've eliminated a lot of those. That's going to include electricity, like a you know, I overestimate that, what I'm paying in electricity and water. I always overestimate my bills, by the way. My cell phone bill, always aim higher. Overestimate, round those up, and then I underestimate the amount of money that I have. That way, I'm gonna have more money left over after I'm budgeting than I once projected. Just makes you feel better in the long run. But yeah, always round up when you're going to your bills. Now, sometimes you're going to get a bill that's a lot higher than expected. Uh, my water bill recently, for example, is triple what it used to be. Going to investigate into that. But a lot of times you can negotiate that down as well. But always aim high when you're overestimate your spending and underestimate your earning. That's going to set up a freedom for itself. Um, I'm also a huge advocate for having a side hustle that you love. So... I personally have a side hustle where I get to teach dance every weekend. Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, is the number one destination for bachelorette parties. And I was doing a ton of this pre-COVID. I'm doing a little bit now, but I'm hoping to do more post-COVID. I miss it so much. But I get to share my love of dance with other women. I get to be a small part of such a significant weekend for them. It's extremely rewarding when I get to help take their pictures, show them some moves, see them laughing and having a great time. It's something that I'm passionate about. Oftentimes when I'm asked what I do for a living, I will state both the jobs that I have. I'll say, you know, I'm a regional sales representative. And then I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm also a dance instructor. It lights me up to talk about that. And there are so many side hustles out there right now that can bring that for you. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be doing ride shares if that's not your thing. Um, I know people who find side hustles, you know, dog sitting, because if they're like me, they don't have time for a dog and love dogs. They can do some house sitting. Um, they teach classes and things that they're passionate about, whether it's yoga, art. I have friends who are making masks and selling them on, on Etsy. They were thinking ahead of the game. They knew there was going to be a demand, so they sewed them up. So they're actually getting paid for their art. I even have a friend that just got a side gig as a trivia host, and she's all pumped up about it. And she's doing well financially, but she's also just has something that she's excited about. And that's what a side hustle is to me. It's giving me something that I'm excited about, that I care about, that puts a fire in me, but it also happens to pay me extra money. So... That's something I always recommend. It's not out of the ordinary to have a side hustle. In fact, I almost recommend it because most people who are doing well with money have more than one source of income. Another basic way to manage money is watching my bank account every single day. I gauge it like a hawk. 
I know where my expenses are, I know what's coming out, but I always double check just to make sure. Uh, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I hate budgeting or oh, I don't wanna look at my bank account. If you have that mentality, then you really need to be looking at your bank account. You really need to be budgeting and you probably need to find another source of income, whether it's babysitting, house sitting, something else, because managing your money should not make you feel uncomfortable. So there's my spending, my favorite type of spending and all my budget would be my entertainment spending. So for my entertainment spending, I will carry traditional cash, cold hard cash. And yes, there are still places that accept cash. If you're getting to go at a restaurant, if you're getting carry out, just factor it into your tip so you can have the even amount. Um, if you're going to the grocery store, you can use a self checkout and put the cash in it. Um, there's some places that may not accept cash, but I'm finding more places that do. Uh, you could also load cash onto a reloadable prepaid card. They have the Visa cards that you can load on. And the thing that doing that or carrying cash does is it sets a reasonable limit with your entertainment spending. So entertainment spending is going to include clothes, your even groceries for me, because sometimes I love going to the grocery store and making new recipes. It can be um, movies. It can be something you're renting. It can be dining out. But have that money in a preloadable card or cash so you can actually manage it better. You see it right in front of you. That just makes it a lot easier and puts that limit on, upon your spending. I also want you to notice that I'm calling it entertainment spending and I'm not calling it disposable income. Disposable income is a common term. That's one term I do not like because you know what? Money is not disposable. Money is an energy. So any kind of energy that you have, you want to invest it well. You want to take care of it. You want to save it for certain events and you want to spend it using wisdom. You have to do the same thing with your money. So take out the term disposable income in your head because money is not disposable. It's something that you can be generous with. It is something that provides you a means of life. It's not, and they say money is not everything, but money is the center of what you're doing with your life. It gives you the power to enjoy your life. So definitely take that seriously and change your relationship, your trajectory around it. And this is going to lead me to best practice number three when we're talking about the energies. So I put thought into every purchase. I have been known to put things back in the grocery store because I know I really don't need it. I just like it. Um, very seldom buy clothing. I'll buy maybe two or three articles of clothing because it has to be something I know I'm going to get all the wear out of. I've eliminated many of my subscription services. In fact, I went from having seven subscription services to two, and those are the ones that add the most value for me. I've gotten rid of cable and do mostly streaming because I stream more than I watch TV or stream more than I watch cable. But you know, I really don't need to do more streaming in my life. I really want to be more productive than that. And I've also put thought into purchases and knowing that it's something I'm purchasing for me or if I'm being generous. So the reason I bring that up is there was a quote that changed my whole relationship with money and it stated that we spend, and it's been said by more than one person, but we're spending so much money going into debt, buying things we don't need to impress people we really don't like. And also they probably don't like us either. 
And the thing about that is, is we in our society tend to have connections that are not authentic, that are based on shallow reasons. So we may gravitate to people because we like the way they dress. We may gravitate to people that we want to be more like in the corporate world. We may gravitate to people because we love their car and we may gravitate to people relationship status. I mean, we actually in our heads sometimes I say we, but I try not to do this anymore. A lot of times society ranks you by relationship status, relinks you by your income status, looks at you for appearance reasons. And if you're listening to this, you need to know that you deserve genuine connection in your life. You deserve real connection because a lot of friendships are based on superficial purposes. So when you first meet someone, you might ask this question and it's just a common question. What do you do? What do you do? That question is actually uncomfortable for me. I'm proud of my job. I love my side hustle. Um, Now I'm doing the podcast. So I have a lot to talk about, but that question also makes me feel like I'm being sized up. So especially right now, I don't think it's a good question to ask somebody because we're in a time where a lot of people are being furloughed. A lot of people are laid off of their jobs. A lot of people may be burnt out because they're overworked. And a lot of people may be looking for jobs or their industry was not COVID resistant. Therefore, I think we need to eliminate the question, what do you do? Instead of what do you do, ask that person about their lifestyle. Hey, do you like to cook? What are some of your favorite places to eat? What have you been streaming? This is my favorite question. Ask people what they've been binge watching or what they've been reading. During time of quarantine, we have more time for this. Or ask people too, what ways have you been more productive during quarantine? Because for me, I've used this time to be more productive, to add more value to my life. This is going to kind of create a different connection because if you have TV shows in common, you can connect that way or... They can tell you about a show that they've been watching that they just love, that they're on fire about. I um, have been reading the series Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. It's actually the books that are based, uh, more Game of Thrones on HBO are based upon. And there are some drastic differences between the book and the TV. And I love talking to people about that on a regular basis. So let's remove that question out of introducing yourself to people for now. And the other reason I don't like that question is because that's when status quo can rear its ugly head. Status quo can be based on what part of town you live in. So people ask that a lot. So I live in Donaldson, which is a part of Nashville. It is up and coming, but it's not the hippest part of Nashville. So some people give me a reaction. They're like, oh, Donaldson. Okay, what? It's, it's not close to the bars. It's not downtown, but I like it because I get a three bedroom house rented for what some people are paying for a one bedroom or studio apartment. But a lot of times that comes up in conversation, what part of town you live in. And there's some judgment behind that, or there's some judgment on what kind of purse you're carrying. I've learned that a $200 purse is not worth it simply because most purses end up on the floor somewhere. I buy the $30 TJ Maxx purses, and I'm going to tell you, I get more compliments on my $30 TJ Maxx purses than I ever did on my designer purses. So 
you're listening to this, you may be agreeing with me. You deserve to connect with people that love you for the energy you bring, that love you for your heart's purpose, and love you for what you're passionate about in life. And it's very, very feasible to find those people. And those ways of building the genuine connection are some ways that you may find those people. Now, you may have suggestions for me. My email address is ellaconomic at gmail.com, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. Feel free to email that to me. And that kind of leads me to my final thoughts and the purpose for this podcast is finding self-love and living your best life without breaking your bank. So to live your best life, you've got to find something that's more, more inspiring than money. Money does provide a means for you to live the life that you, life that you want, but your best life is going to come from the connections that you make with people and the lessons that you learn and the experiences that you have. And speaking of experiences, I will tell you when you are planning for a budget, put in a savings account that you're going to create excitement for. So that could be a trip that you're going to go on. That can be a brunch with your friends. That can be a gift you're going to give somebody else. I truly believe that the best, most exciting way to spend your money is through giving and being generous. It's my favorite way to spend. So when you budget for that, it's going to give you something to be excited about. So if you're not someone that likes to budget, this is going to make budget more exciting and more fun to you. It's going to give you something to look forward to. And speaking of which, I look forward to spending one day a week with each and one of each one of you guys sharing my thoughts. And I hope you'll share your thoughts back with me. Again, elleconomic at gmail.com. Also follow me on Instagram, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. All word, Eleconomic. And I look forward to communicating and getting to know each and every one of you guys. And I want to thank you for listening to my podcast.